from home. I'm always at work. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin this evening. I just heard somebody's phone go off. That's a good reminder to turn mine off. It's nice to see that everybody used up that liquid gold in their cars to get here. Let's see. Tonight we'll have one song, and then David will have announcements. Two more songs, and then Chris will have our devotional. Our first song tonight is number 982. And I'm just out of practice because I didn't even bring my songbook up. 982 is We Shall Assemble. As soon as Andy gets us going. We shall assemble on the church family. A couple announcements before we have our devotional and then class. Um, as a reminder that the senior reception is Sunday night after our services. Uh, we have 10 graduates, uh, so we do encourage everybody to come and celebrate their time of accomplishments and uh, celebrate with their families. Uh, the graduate Bibles are out in the foyer table, uh, the round table out there. If you can take a moment to highlight your favorite verse and maybe put a little note in your name beside that of encouragement. Um, I know that our seniors would greatly appreciate that um, from their family. So if you can do that, it would be greatly appreciated. Also, parents, uh, if you have a child attending uh, Fort Hill, uh, there's a register sheet out in the foyer board out there. Uh, please sign it so that way we can, uh, you can receive your $60 reimbursement your camp fee. Updates on our prayers. Charlie Boso saw his surgeon on Monday and will be scheduled soon for laser vein surgery, so keep Charlie Boso in your prayers. Dottie Hager is undergoing physical therapy after having double knee replacement last week. 
Carol Galloway is waiting for surgery for a kidney stone. Remember to keep her in your prayers. Wayne Stevens, continue to keep him in your prayers at this time. He's having a tough time. Also, remember Mary Stevens in your prayers. Uh, she had cataract surgery on Monday, and having her, and she's about to have her other eye done. Oh, she's done. That's great. <laughs> um, Brad and Susan Garrett, keeping your prayers. Um, Brad is a 45-year-old gentleman who's just recently been diagnosed with cancer and is not doing well. Uh, and the diagnosis does not look good. So remember to keep him and that family, Garrett, family in your prayers. Also, Elmer Hayes, uh, 92, uh, passed away Tuesday night. Uh, there's a private service on Friday at Whitechapel Ceremony. Cemetery, sorry. Also, keeping your prayers, Kristen Ward and Rusty Leap and so many others that are in our uh, Rome Journal. That's all the announcements I have at this time. Uh, Chris will have our devotional and Thomas will have our closing prayer. Uh, let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to come here to learn more about your word, to apply your word to our everyday lives, Lord. Continue to be with us as, as we learn your word, that we will teach others and be a shining light within our community, Lord. And Lord, we ask you this time to be with Charlie and Dottie and Carol and Wayne and Mary and, and the Garrett family and Kristen and Rusty. Lord, be with them and be with so many others that are sick, Lord, and be with the doctors who are taking care of them. Lord, continue to be with our widows and our shut-ins. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our youth and the ones that are graduating. Lord, let them always look to your word for strength and guidance in their lives, Lord. Be with the Hayes family, Lord, the lost, lost of Elmer, and just be with them. Comfort that family at this time, Lord. Lord, we ask you to continue to be with our elders and guide and direct them, Lord. Let them continue on following your word and, and their leadership, Lord. Lord, be with us now. Be with us as we go to our classes. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Our next song is number 874, 874.
overhead only? It is 10,000 reasons, or bless the Lord on my soul. And for those that make, this makes a difference, I'll actually be raising in steps, so if the notes don't seem right, that's why. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing. of invitation will be number 103 we come to Jesus if we sing songs in English in heaven I think that one might be one of the ones that we get to sing I really love 10,000 reasons we've talked a lot about what it means to be a disciple in Mark um, and I've thought a lot about what it means to be a disciple 
And maybe even some of my thinking has changed a little bit as I've walked through Mark, just deepened. What does it mean to be a disciple? And I've been thinking through that over the last several weeks. And I've got an illustration for you tonight. You ever had Cheetos? Everybody's had Cheetos, right? If you were to open these things, not as easy as it looks. And you were to gingerly reach in and grab one. You might not get all this gooey orange stuff on you just by eating one, right? It's kind of like our discipleship. You do get a little bit on you as you reach in and grab just gingerly, just grab one. But if we spend just a little bit of time around Jesus, he rubs off on us a little bit, doesn't he? He begins to change our thinking. It starts working, doesn't it? Our worldview starts changing. But that's just if you spend just a little bit of time with them. And it tends not to stick, does it? The changes that we make, just after spending a little bit of time with them, tend to fall away. They're not not lasting, right? Now, if you were to grab, I mean, just a handful of these things. I'm not going to do that because that's gross. But if you were just to grab a handful of these things and just eat all of them, what would your hand look like? we covered in orange, right? The more time we spend with Jesus, the more of him we soak up. Does that make sense? Every time we see a bag of Cheetos now, I think, I need to be a better disciple. I want to spend more time with Jesus so that more of him rubs off on me. It's impossible to eat Cheetos without that stuff rubbing off on you. It's impossible to spend time worshiping God, studying his scripture, praying spending time around his people, and not have him rub off on you. And the more time you spend doing those things, the more and more he rubs off on you. And the more he seeps into you, and the more you change. Because we're not who he wants us to be yet, are we? We're still struggling. This, we need constant reminders that this place is not our home. And if anything, if this, if this year's taught us anything, that's a constant reminder this year, hasn't it? This world is not our home, and I have very little desire to stay here any longer than I absolutely have to. I'm looking forward to a new place, a new home, where my citizenship has been for the last 30 years. The more time we spend around him, as we read his Bible... As we spend time around his people, as we speak to him in prayer, as we worship, both corporately and individually, the more he rubs off on us and the more he changes us. Paul would say in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, he talks about this thought just constantly in his letters. Uh, Paul does. And in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he seems to sum it up kind of everything that he's trying to say. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That only happens when we spend massive amounts of time with God. If we're trying to dip our toe into a relationship with Him, we don't get the lasting transformative power 
that he offers. We get a little bit, right? We get a little bit of encouragement. We get a little bit of hope. And we start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. We start to see who God can transform us into being. We start to see the transformation that he's enacting in us. But we just see that a little bit, don't we? And the more time you spend around him, the more you see that transformative power at work. And you begin to not recognize yourself because he's changing you every day more and more into the image of his son. The really interesting thing about this, though, and the part that I wanted to, to, to stick with us for this week is if you were to grab a big old handful of these things and just eat this entire bag, right? Just spend every moment with God in our illustration. If you were to eat this entire bag just to spend your, your entire day focused on his worldview, trying to accomplish his agenda, constantly around his people, constantly reading scripture. If you were to do that, what would your hands look like? If you were to eat this whole thing of Cheetos, you're just covered in orange, right? And then what if you walk up and you hit somebody on the shoulder? Now they've got it on them, right? Everybody that we come in contact with, as we soak more and more Jesus into us, as we soak more and more scripture into us, the more time we spend with him, the more time he's, the more he seeps into us. And the more he seeps into us, guess what? The more we're able to pass on to someone else to the people around us, to the people who were closest to us, to the people that we love the most, to the people that we're trying to get to heaven along with us, right? So it doesn't just benefit us to spend time with him, although that's the goal, right? He's also got a secondary, maybe a more, even a more primary goal of bringing everyone around us with us to heaven. And the more time we spend with him, the more he seeps out of us in every relationship we have. Do you, do you see that? Does that make sense? When someone comes to you asking for advice for, with a problem that they have, and you've spent an awful lot of time in prayer, and you've spent an awful lot of time with God's people, and you've spent an awful lot of time in scripture and worship, what comes out of your mouth? Words that are... Seasoned with grace, to use Paul's words, right? Spiritual advice, biblical advice, advice that Jesus would give them. When we grieve, when we rejoice, how do we do that? Well, if we spent an incredible amount of time with him, he has so soaked down into us that we rejoice like he would and we grieve like he would. He changes us. And the only way to make that happen is to spend time with them. It doesn't happen by osmosis. You remember in high school and college, uh, you would go to sleep on your book and think, ah, now I'm going to do really well on the test tomorrow because I've soaked up all the things that are in this book. It's not how it works, right? That was a joke we made in high school and college, and some of us have believed that. <laughs> it doesn't work. Number one example, it doesn't work. It takes time. It takes time to, to, to allow him to change you, to transform you, 
to seep down inside of you so that every interaction you have are his words, are his actions, is the way that he would look at the world. That's what we're going at, right? That's when we remember that our citizenship is not here, when we become so uncomfortable in this place that we're so looking forward to another because he's changed our minds. It's, I think it's natural to feel comfortable on, the, on this earth because it's all you've ever really known, right? The place that we know of that's coming after this, we know of it by faith and we're sure that it's there. But sometimes that's hard to grab hold of, isn't it? The more time you spend with him, the more that reality sinks down inside of you. And the more you're able to affect other people. You remember the Apostle John? When he first met Jesus, early on in his relationship with Christ, during these three years, as he wanders around with Jesus through Palestine, they come across this Samaritan village. Do you remember this story? And the Samaritan village does not want Jesus to come in. And in fact, they refuse him. They don't, they don't have a spot for him uh, just to stay there. That They tell him to go away. You remember James and John's reaction? They get a nickname from this incident. Jesus calls them the sons of thunder because they wanted Jesus to give them the power to call down fire from heaven to punish these sinners. What were they what were they looking at there? What was their worldview? Well, they've got an awful lot of pride there, don't they? They've got an awful lot of anger, don't they? That's not how Jesus would react to the situation. In fact, that's not how Jesus reacted to the situation. When someone refuses Jesus, what does he do? Well, he moves on to better soil. He shakes his feet off, which is what he told them and us to do. And he moves on to more receptive soil. The more time we spend with him, the more time we want to spend with him. And if we've ever needed him, it's now. The more time we spend with him, the more time we're going to want to spend with him. And the more we allow him to seep down inside of us. And the more impact we can have on our friends and on our family. If you're if you've been praying for friends and family members, just let them see the truth. Let them come back. Let them open their hearts, open their minds, and let you work on them, God. Spend time with Him. Because the more time you spend with them, the more you're going to be able to help them. That's the, that's the biblical equation. The more time you spend with Him, the more apt you are to help other people come to Him. You can't help anybody come to him if you're not spending time in the Word. If you're not spending time around his people. If you're not worshiping. If you're not praying. You can't help people come to him. can't teach what you don't know. The more time we spend with him, the more apt we are to help other people. And that's our mission here, right? To reach out to a lost and dying world. And to tell them that there's a Savior who wants them. Who has been patient thus far with them but his patience will not last forever there's coming a day when he will punish those who are outside of his kingdom we're going to talk about that sunday it's a terrifying thought to be outside of his kingdom we don't want our friends and our family members we certainly don't want ourselves to be outside of his kingdom tonight if you need to 
get inside of his kingdom. You need to have your sins washed away to come to him in perfection. Because that's the only way you can have a relationship with people is to be for us to be clean. Because he's just, he's holy, and he can only have relationship with people who are just and holy. And the only way we can do that is to have our sins washed away through the power of baptism. He does it. We're simply submitting, obeying his will. So tonight, if you need to have your sins washed away, to be added to his kingdom, to make your salvation sure, to have it, your salvation, you have to be baptized into his blood. Maybe you've already made that step tonight, and you just need the prayers of this congregation to be who God would have you to be. Why don't you come tonight as we stand and sing? Father, thank you for this day and everything you've given us. Thank you for Chris for presenting the lesson, and please help us apply it to our lives, and please help us soak in your word and help us spread it to others. Uh, Please be with all the sick, Lord, and please be with the people who have lost loved ones, and thank you for this beautiful day we've had. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.